happy Halloween live streamers. And it was a trick or treat situation regarding the World Series. We got tricked. There was no World Series today. That darn rain. But I'm giving you a treat. And that is longtime friend of the podcast, author, television producer, creator of so many wonderful things, and my former colleague and a diehard Philadelphia Phillies fan. We're bringing back Michael X. Ferraro to talk about the Phillies side of things. This is Locked On MLB. And this is the danger of doing it live. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, dear. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you watch me on the YouTube, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a filmmaker, a comedian, a writer, an actor, and I've been a podcaster of baseball for now more than 10 years, and this is my fourth season as a member of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is indeed your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. I'm your pal Sully on Twitter, at least for now. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. I got a few complaints for some people, including friend of the podcast, Marcel, a.k.a. Cubs fan with an eight, who is saying, you know what, you've been having... Lots of Astros guests on and not a lot of Phillies guests, which just goes to show you the bizarre world I'm living in because I have been supporting the Astros because of my love of Dusty Baker and have lots of Astro guests on the show. Naturally, Astros fans have been killing me on Twitter saying my Astros hate is off the charts. You can't please everybody. But one person you can please is my former colleague and the person who wrote and produced on the most obscure yet most fun sports show in the history of television and has worked on many other things too. It's Michael X. Ferraro wearing the blue Phillies cap today. How you doing, buddy? Excellent, Sully. Great to see you. And uh, I will not be representing the Astros. No, I know you you won't be. Hmm. You see, now, now look at I have been saying to Astros fans who, again, I rooted for the Astros in last year's World Series. Right. And my heart will grow 50 times if I see Dusty Baker win as a manager. And I've been very supportive of him. But I have pointed out that no matter what happens, the cheater moniker will remain on this team, whether they like it or not. Because I know this is a hard concept for people to understand. Right. They cheated in the closest World Series we've seen in a generation. So ergo, a little edge here or there probably made a difference in at least one or two games of a seven-game series. And they got away with it because nobody was suspended. There was no punishment to any of the players. There was no punishment. There was nothing. 
The they oh they lost their manager. Okay, great. They picked up Dusty Baker instead, and they get to parade around saying we're a dynasty. We're a dynasty. Why do yeah. people boo us? Why don't people like us? You you figure it out and don't and don't have martyr envy. And this is coming from a guy who rooted for the Astros last year and is not going to cry if I see Dusty Baker win. And still, I get killed for pointing out those. What are those words I'm looking for? Facts. <laughs> They're biased. They're biased. They're biased. I rooted for the Astros in a bad news bears and breaking training. I think you rooted against the Bears. No, the Astros. Oh, wait, no, they, were them out. That's oh that's right. true. That's right. They did. The the Bears <laughs> did play the Astros. That would be that would yeah. be a, a big thing. Um, right. Well, look at. Uh, you and I have known each other since 2007, believe it or not, when we worked on a, a short-lived but unbelievably the mo- one of the most fun I've ever had in my life getting paid, which That's was right. uh, the, the short-lived Sports Unfiltered with Dennis Miller. That's um, right. But, man, I, I can't believe you and I were paid to sit and every day just write sports jokes. I mean, that it was, was. Like, that was a job we'd ask a genie for. That was a dream gig. And I like that, like, uh, Norm MacDonald had a sports comedy show on Comedy mm-hmm. Central years later. And before that, there was a Joe Piscopo's Jocksplosion. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Only you and I remember that. I was up for the Norm job. In fact, uh, I knew the EP very well on that show. That's executive producer. And I went in. I met right. Norm. And the executive producer said, you know, if we get picked up, I think there'd be a spot for you here. And the show didn't get picked up. Here's part of the problem. We'll get, don't worry, folks. We'll get to the World Series in a second. Whenever <laughs> anyone tries to do a parody of Sports Center, which is what each one of these shows kind of was, like a funny version of Sports Center, they're right. missing the mark because Sports Center was funny. It was already tongue in cheek, it already had humor. You parody yeah. stuff that takes themselves too seriously. And you sort of take the wind out of it. All right. You you just taught Hollywood a lesson. This has been my TED Talk. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you and I were there when uh, the Phillies had just upset the Mets down the stretch in uh, 2007. The Red Sox won the World Series that year. Uh, It was a lot of fun. It was a fun baseball time. It was really the end of the steroid era. We all knew... The Mitchell Report was coming. The Mitchell Report was announced while we were working there. Um, it was a surreal time for baseball. It was like the it was like baseball Mardi Gras. Like everyone knew the party was about to be over, and so right. 2007 <laughs> was like the last hurrah for a lot of players. And you just got the sense that baseball was going to change a lot. Yes, yeah, that's a, that's an excellent point. What and uh, Sully, we've talked about this before, but I hope this is an omen too because you and I. We spent like one full hour in the conference room at Sports Unfiltered going over the 1980 NLCS. The Phillies yeah, I was going to bring that up in segment three. I'll bring it up now. This is, yeah. the, the, for those of you, we were, you know, Fer- Ferraro is a big Phillies fan. And baseball really had a terrible presence at, on YouTube at that time. They have a, mm-hmm. The YouTube for baseball now is, is fantastic. But at right. the time, it was virtually nothing. And you and I struck up a conversation about the last time the Phillies and Astros met in the World Series, which, for those of you who don't know, I did mention this before on the show, was the 1980 National League Championship Series at the time the Astros were in the NL. That's right. 
it could be argued that that was the greatest postseason series ever played. Uh, period. End of sentence. No qualifiers. And you and I, and you just alluded to this, I went to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. It is. And we clicked on each game. We have the play-by-play. And we, you and I were sitting in the conference room in Arthur Smith Co. Productions. That's right. And I was reading to you the play-by-play. <laughs> And you are a huge Phillies fan, and you remember the 1980 World Series, but you didn't remember all the details oh. of the LCS. And sure. we were just sort of breaking. I was saying, you know, this, you know, then this happened, and then this happened, and you were leaning forward, excited, <laughs> as if to say, "I hope the Phillies pull this off." It, well, because- you're you're a masterful storyteller. I am. And, uh- yeah, no, and I, I, there's echoes of it even now. Like Ranger Suarez the other day when he came in and he had that comebacker and he held the ball before he threw it. He held it for a few beats. It, it brought me back to Manny Trio, who was the NLCS MVP that year. Right. One of the things for those of you who don't remember that series, it was a. It, then it was the best of five. The LCS was best of five. The last four games of the LCS went extra innings. Yeah. And you had uh, the Astros coming from behind and winning game two in extra innings in Philadelphia and then winning game three in 11 innings on a walk-off one to nothing. And so the Phillies were behind the eight ball in games four and five, both which went extra innings, which meant in the ninth inning in both of those games, the Astros were one swing away from going to the World Series. And there was one instance in the in the fifth game, the final game, which could go either way, obviously. Um the uh the they went to the eighth inning and the Astros were up five to two with Nolan Ryan on the mound. That's, and it looked like a fait accompli. That's and, right. And the both teams it, I mean, look, the games are on YouTube. And I spent yeah. a time during COVID where I just was watching because there was no ball games on. And I watched the entire uh, – the game, the last four games. I watched the last four games in their entirety on YouTube. And well done. Let me tell you something. Nostalgia doesn't belong just in the polo grounds and Ebbets Field. These were two – symmetrical stadiums with astroturf okay okay. and my heart exploded with nostalgia watching with the with the hall of famers right and um and just like great defense clutch hits on both sides clutch bullpen work on both sides if you just want to see classic baseball from another era Watch the 1980 National League Championship. It was gripping just with your pal Sully talking to his pal Ferraro in a conference room. Wait, did we win the 80 NLCS? No, you have to. No spoilers. Ah! No, but and, and well, the, the best echo, which is of course in Philly sports writers have brought this up. We came back on Nolan Ryan then, and we came back on Verlander in Game One uh, this year. So two mm-hmm. Hall of Fame pitchers with huge leads, and the Phillies mm-hmm. come back. I know. And let me just tell you, everybody, just let me just, I can't make this any clearer. When the Phillies were losing in game 
won by five runs and Verlander looking like he was going to be lights out Verlander. It was an absolute surefire bet that the Phillies were going to lose that game, but they came back to win it. And if you're going to make any bets, go to bet online, bet online remains your number one source for betting football and for the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the World Series, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online. It's where the game starts. We are here with Michael Ferrer. What do you think of my live read, huh? That was seamless. I, I, I still am I in am I in a bet online? Like, okay. You're, you're in a bet like online. Yeah, you, right. you, you you made two bets uh, since we started. <laughs> um yep. hey, let's talk a little bit about this. The Phillies are in the World Series with the Astros, which That's was right. an impossibility in 1980. Uh, they yep. made it five straight extra inning games because it was the four games of the um, LCS in 1980 and game one in 2022. Uh, first of all, go. let's just talk about the World Series right now. Um, okay. Obviously, tremendous performance in game one. Uh, tremendous performance by the Phillies bullpen in yeah. game one. Uh, yeah. Taking over was not Nola's best start. But it, if you told me that that game one was going to turn into a battle of the bullpens, the way Houston's bullpen has been this postseason, yep. uh, you would have absolutely have given that you would the surefire bet that it would have been the Astros' victory. And if you're going to make any bets, oh, I already did the I already did the yep. ad read. Sorry, I already did. Are it. we still in it? Wait. All right, you got to hold on. Let me put the overlay back on. You got to go to bet online, and it's the fastest and easiest. Put that back, Sully. Um, Tell me your thoughts, because you're a you're a diehard Phillies fan, but you're also a very realistic Phillies fan. Right. Uh, tell me your thoughts when they were down early, five yeah. nothing. Tucker hit the pair of home runs, and right. for the first three innings, Verlander looked unhittable. Uh, were you floating into happy to be there land? Were the 2007 Colorado Rockies? No, honestly, I wasn't, and I'll tell you because you look at you look at Verlander's um, recent World Series uh, ERA, mm-hmm. and you also and sure it's just one swing of the bat, but uh, but Schwarber hit one about you know sixty feet foul in in the first inning, about four hundred and eighty feet into the third deck. I mean, he he torqued and turned on it. I felt like we were gonna I felt like we were gonna see him the second time around, and I, and I. I really did think that was a good matchup. I thought Schwarber or Harper was were going to go deep in that game, and and look, their five runs. I mean, Nola didn't pitch great, but um, t- I mean, I, it was a mistake to Tucker that first homer, and uh, but there were they had about four flares for hits, didn't they? Flares and mm-hmm. orcs and and whatever else. Uh, your Grounder boy crashed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, it's a resilient club, and um, and and they they saw him and they hit him. Yeah, I mean, look, at it, it, another weird thing that, like, if you had said, okay, the um, the the two things besides Rio Muto's became the offensive hero, obviously with the game-time double and the go-ahead home run in the 
um, the 10th inning. It, the other two things that were surreal to me was that it was the Phillies bullpen matching the Astros bullpen. And the Astros bullpen really only made one mistake, which was the home run to Real Muto. And I don't blame Dusty for any of the moves that he made. Bringing in Garcia was the smart move in the 10th inning. It sure as hell right. worked when the Astros played Seattle. He just happened right. to let up a gopher ball to Real Muto. Um, mm -hmm. But, okay, if you thought the Phillies would match Houston's bullpen, and the thing that would save them would be the defense of Nick Castellanos. <laughs> yep. The only reason he's playing there is because the injury of Harper. This is basically a DH in the outfield making yeah. a sliding game, absolute game-saving catch. He's made that catch twice in the playoffs now, and and uh, Schwarber actually positioned him. Schwarber moved him in uh, before that before that pitch. So, it's a charmed team. And what what I really love uh, is like obviously Rob Thompson came over after Girardi got fired, and the whole outlook of the team changed. And I think <clears throat> Thompson, you know, they call him Topper because uh, I guess Joe Torre hung that nickname on him because he's on top of everything. He's a hunch manager, Sully, but he's also very much a player's manager. And so, like, there's just this culture, I think, in, in that on that dugout, in that clubhouse. The Phillies fail, and, and it doesn't matter. Like, they, they have each other's backs. He gives guys um, the chance to go back out and do their job. Uh, and, and I feel like going back to the bullpen, that's what happened this year because our bullpen's been historically – for, like, the past three or four years, like the awful. Phillies' bullpen. Awful. Yeah. They, they literally what, set records two years in a row for being such an awful bullpen. And then, uh, well, you know, Dominguez and uh, – but, the, like, the, look what happened with Jose Alvarado, who's, like, a beast now. And right. so and, uh, and, and, like, Robertson and the fact that he, we rolled with Eflin as the closer when clearly he doesn't have a put-away pitch, but he, he was gritty and battled back from his injury. And I just, like, I love the makeup of the club, you know. Um, and, right. Castellanos making that catch. I mean, the what I was a little um, I, I, Thompson sometimes takes out Schwarber and puts in Matt Veerling in left field, mm -hmm. and uh, Schwarber didn't get to that double uh, off t off Robertson. And I was like, I was thinking that maybe that's a ball Matt Veerling could catch, but we we still uh, we got out of it because Robertson's curveball was enough in game one. One of the things I do like, you know, look at. Uh, I think the best teams are going to be the ones that have use of analytics and hunches. I think it's a good combination. I don't think analytics are, I don't look at them as the boogeyman. That's this information. We always right. need information. And, you know, we've always had analytics of one way, shape, or another. I mean, even if it's using RBIs and runs, you're still using information to make decisions. And so, you're just trying to use, you're trying to have access to the most advanced and the most intricate information, but then make the decision based upon what needs to be done right there. Oh, we're switching off to a different Philly side here. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, what was the other one getting too sweaty or was this your rally that was wall. That was wool. This is the mesh in the back. Okay, know. cool. But I've liked the fact that like in the, in the San Diego series, Suarez was the one who closed out the series because at that moment, yeah. He was he was managing based upon who's the best pitcher for this situation right now, as opposed to everyone has to fit in their lanes. 
you know, the the we saw Aaron Boone at a key moment in the Houston Yankees League Championship Series, bringing in Trevino, taking out his ace, Cole, and not bringing in, um, uh, uh, you know, his best reliever at that point, but instead bringing in Lou Trevino because, well, that's his lane at this point in the sixth inning, blah, 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 blah. And right. it wound up costing them extra runs. I like the fact that Thompson has use of the analytics, has use of what is there, but says, well, wait a minute, let's uh, let's use the best pitcher for the right time. And that means sometimes right. using Sir, Sir Anthony in the ninth, sometimes yep. it means I'm using the seventh. Alex Cora, for all the yep. shenanigans that was going on in 2018, I have to say that so Astro fans don't call me a hypocrite, but he also hmm. would use – he used um, Porcello – Mm-hmm. And price and sale um out of the bullpen. Yep. And and uh Rodriguez out of the bullpen. They all yep. started and they all relieved. And for whatever, you know, and and let's always bring in the best pitcher for this particular moment because it's the postseason. You gotta you gotta you can't go down with your fourth best pitcher. That's right. That's right. And this is my TED talk. Yeah, that's a pretty good TED talk. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when when Thompson goes to he's going to Alvarado in the sixth, you know, and and he's he and Sir Anthony are arguably your closer, but hey, it works. And I think it creates a culture where guys believe in each other just a little bit more. I think it was telling that look at and I've said this before, I was all for the Girardi hiring. I thought it was a smart hire when they made it. So I, I, I can't act like that was a dumb move, but it didn't work. And I admire the Phillies for cutting bait. Uh, mm-hmm. As uh, as Jimmy Pardo said on his podcast, Never Not Funny, the Phillies did what the White Sox should have done, that they cut bait with their veteran manager when it was clear things weren't working. And right. there was there seemed to be almost instantly, I mean, the Phillies went on a great winning streak, but there was some of the stuff that Harper was saying shortly after, which was like, now we know people can just play. And you got yeah. the sense that Thompson said, I'm going to put you here. This is your job. You'll yeah. play through it. It's not like every single day they have to fight for their position. There was a sense of you're, you're going to play in your position and we're going to put you here in the lineup. People went in knowing what their roles were. Yeah. And I think that when that happens, when you put the, you take away the whole you know, it's a different lineup every day, the different position every day. Right. There was a stability that came there. And sometimes creatures of habit need habit. <laughs> and I, and you saw the Phillies immediately turn around. 100%. I mean, but there, because there's talk now, there, there are things that he's arguably doing wrong, Thompson, with that lineup card. I mean, Harper should probably be batting third and real mute, you know, and JT should be batting fourth. So you go... Hoskins, you go righty, lefty, righty in two, three, four to mm-hmm. flip lineups. But instead, it's it you you got three righties, uh, or you got you got you got lefty, righty, righty, lefty, and then you have um, Castellanos batting fifth when he really shouldn't be given the year he's had. But but he's stuck with them. He's stuck with them, and they're now guaranteed to play at least five games in the World Series. That's right. Do you, do you still feel like the do you feel like the Astros are probably going to win 
if you I do. I, I do. Um, but I will say this. I will say this. I think the rainout's going to help Philadelphia. Absolutely agreed. I think I think that this is absolutely. It gives Kyle Gibson more rest for Game Seven. <laughs> but what it, I think when I I I picked the Astros in five at the beginning mm. of the series, um, and I said and I thought they were going to win one of the two games in Houston, not and they did not for the reason I thought they were going to. Right. I thought either Nola or Wheeler who both have been very good this this postseason, we're going to match up with Verlander or Valdez, and they would steal a win. I didn't realize that, yes, uh, Nola would match up with Verlander. It's just in they both had garbage starts. Um, But I think the fact that Nola didn't go that deep in the game, he's going to be able to pitch game four now. Right. And I think that, um, I, I think this helps the Phillies. I think this this aligns their pitching staff where they'll be able to get to Nolan Wheeler faster in the in the in the pitching rotation That's than right. if they had started tonight on Halloween. So while I still think the Astros, I still would pick the Astros. I mm-hmm. was saying that I thought that they were going to run the table and win in five. Uh, I'm now pretty sure the Phillies are going to win at least one game at home. And th- that, that brings you to Wheeler in game six and Minute Maid. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and, and what are the odds? I mean, what are the odds that both Nola and Wheeler are going to throw a, a subpar outing again? Probably like, low. I that. Yeah. I think probably low. I think, I think this extra day helps uh, push this to a game six. And if Wheeler's throwing game six, Obviously, you know, he'll probably going up against Valdez, and Valdez is obviously a wonderful pitcher. But uh, I, you know, obviously you're trying to push this to a seventh. But, right. uh, you know, I, I think that this rainout is a big, big help yep. to the Phillies. Yeah. And I think if you go, if we go to game six in Houston and we're down, I'm, I'm just playing along with your scenario. I say mm-hmm. we're going to close it out in Philly. No, I don't, I actually, I don't believe that. But, uh, but I, I also don't count us out for doing that, to be quite honest. But but it is more realistic that we go back down three to two. I'll, I'll go with you there. Then I, I love the way Thompson's been managing this club. I just love our chances in general if we go back to Houston. All right, let me. We're here with Michael X Ferraro, um, contributor to Bardball. That's right. Go check them out on Twitter, Bardball. Get the fine base. art of baseball doggerel. Yes. Yes. Run exactly. by the great James Finn Garner. And you write wonderful Philly poetry there. Indeed. Um, Thank you. But uh, let, let's just talk a little bit about the 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 other series that Philadelphia have won. They've won three series, technically. Uh, right. Think of how differently this postseason would be if the Cardinals held on to that lead in game one. You know, they're up 2 nothing. They look totally in control of that game. Right. And the Phillies somehow scored six runs off a team that I thought was a dark horse to win the pennant. I like that Cardinal team. Right. I thought that Cardinal team was good. And the Phillies, of course, were the last team to clinch a playoff spot. And they're right. going up against a very good Cardinal team. I didn't think the Phillies had a chance. They're up mm. two bagel. They've got a six-run. They After that, they outscore them six runs and then they shut them out in the final game 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it went from, oh, my God, the Cardinals are going to win to, oh, my God, the Cardinals season is over, like, right. really quickly. And then facing the world champs right. and splitting. And I thought, okay, they split them, but the champs are the champs. And then just taking it to them. And then the all underdog LCS. I mean, you tell me of the three playoff victories, right. which one was the most shocking, the most satisfying, and the most memorable? I guess those was maybe three different answers. Yeah, no, I think beating the Braves was the most shocking, probably. I, I felt real good going against the Cardinals, to be honest, Sully, because even though the Phillies struggled down the stretch i felt like they were coming together i felt like felt like when you have a superstar like harper there's a force of will um and i i really i really felt strongly that we would take the cardinals and you know luckily that that's what came to pass and then uh and then against the padres that was just kind of a that was kind of a, a fun shootout or you know could have been especially because you had, you had Harper and Machado who were the two free agents, you know, a few years ago and, and the Phillies were in the mix for Machado too. So, um, yeah. Right. So, well, that's clearly, the, that was the most satisfying, I would say. So the shocking was the Braves. Well, and, and I, and I know there was an element of frustration with you regarding the clinching because you were in Philadelphia right. and you thought you were going to be able to attend a That's Phillies right. clinching of the pennant. We could tell, tell, oh, or you're in hat number three in segment number three. You got That's a right. hat for segment. Uh, yeah. X, tell everyone a little bit about your, uh, your, your, your journey that ended wait. in failure to go witness wait. the Phillies clinching the pennant in person. StubHub is not a sponsor, are they? No, no, we don't, we don't, we have no allegiance with StubHub. There you go. Yeah, I've seen some news stories, and I didn't. I didn't follow up to that degree. But yeah, before the game, before the clincher, I decided, okay, I'm home, and I have a bunch of Philly fan friends in town. So I ordered three tickets on StubHub down the left field line. I would have seen uh, in foul territory, but I would have seen Harper's uh, homer whizzing by me. I ordered them. I got my thank you confirmation letter, and uh, it was there were 400 bucks a pop at the time. And um, then uh, three hours later, I checked my email and there was a follow-up that my, my ticket order had been canceled. Ah. Three hours later, I saw it. I think they sent it an hour, but they sent it an hour later and it was a full-on acceptance. And they said, you'll track your order. Thank you. Here's your order. Here's the bill. And uh, just just devastating. But uh, I didn't get rained on, but I wasn't there for perhaps one of the greatest uh, clinchers and you know, in Philly sports history. So it would have been quite a treat. For our listeners, I know you and I know your your background, but for our listeners, uh, where did you grow up and what is your your earliest, using my rule of seven, <laughs> your earliest memories? I mean, you remember 80 and Bake McBride Absolutely. and Pete Rose and Schmidt and Doug McGraw love, and Carlton. I love that you led with Bake McBride. Yeah, yep. Uh, Luis Aguayo, let's get him in there. Okay, why not? Why not? Uh, Gary Lee Maddox, um, out in center field. The, the earth is covered by two, two thirds covered by water, and the other third is covered by Gary Maddox. That's right. Um, yeah, so yeah, a, a friend of the podcast, Lonnie Smith, was on the 1980 Philadelphia Skates. Phillies, too. Skates. Yeah, that's right. Skates was amazing, yeah, Philly and a brave, but obviously, uh, we, we loved him as a Philly, and um. 
Yeah. So I, yeah, I grew up in, in that um, symmetrical concrete bulb, the dump that's called the vet on uh, the 700 level. My mom would take me when I was in elementary school and yeah, with Schmidt and Boa and Carlton, I, you know, I grew up going to all those games. So it was really fantastic. And uh, I, I happened to not be in Philadelphia the summer of 1980, unfortunately. Um, my folks had split. My dad was out in Utah. So I was there. My mom would send me manila envelopes stuffed with all the box scores. You talk about, you know, baseball reference not existing, no presence in YouTube. Uh, so that was just kind of devastating for me not to be there. And also Harry Callis didn't get to call that that series because of the the playoff, um, the playoff, you know, contract, yeah. the TV. Yeah. And I later went to um, high school with uh, Harry's son, Brad, who's the, also the brother of Todd Callis, now working for the Astros. And uh, as you know, I have I have a Harry Callis uh, voice message on my email sometimes. So you you truly do. You do. I treasure. Sometimes I I sometimes called your 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 voicemail just to hear. Yeah, <laughs> I have the microphone, but I don't have a player. If you can find a player, because I, I I need to put it back on my phone. I have the tape, but I don't have a way to play it and get it back on my phone. Oh. It was a uh, Michael X Ferraro way out of here. Miles, I could do it. Yeah. Yes, you can. You you have done it. You've done it well. I have and then, done, uh, I've done it on your voicemail. Yes, I have. You absolutely have. And it gives me chills, Sully. Yeah. Um, if you're if you get to within the inner sanctum of Sully Friendom, I will be leaving voice messages. Um sometimes it's me singing. Uh sometimes yeah. it's me. Uh my, my cousin Dave and I send each other uh messages regarding the Mets all the time. He's a diehard Met fan. Uh, so Ooh. once you once you, you you for those of them for those of you who get to be blessed to be on my short list to make phone calls uh that's right uh there you have it well look at hey ferraro um as always i love having you on the show uh i you know i went oh now okay now boy you just you look like tug mcgraw for one second uh thank you it made no sense that the team that finished one game ahead of the milwaukee brewers is now three wins away from winning the 2022 World Series. The only the only reason it makes any sense to me right. is for my 50th birthday, my mother got me a tremendous present, which was I could go to any baseball stadium as long as it was a stadium I had never been to before. Mm -hmm. While I had been to the vet many times, I've not been to Citizens Bank Ballpark. And... I happen to there there happened to be a podcast festival going on at the same time and I had a chance to go to that festival visit my uncle who is still with us and my cousins who live in Wilmington and see the ball game at Citizens Bank Ballpark and so I saw the 2022 Phillies live at Citizens Bank Ballpark all right and the fact that I showed up to that park Yep. Makes me believe I'm the reason they won the pennant. And for the other 29 organizations, yep. If you want to go to the World Series in 2023, send me a ticket. I will go to your stadium and I will give it the sully blessing. I may even leave a built bar somewhere for people to discover. The but, Philadelphia, uh, there's the Rocky Balboa statue. There's the Nick which Foles I went statue. to, which I went to. Yeah, you went there. There's the Rocky Balboa and the Nick Foles, and soon there will be a Sully statue. 
with you put, brandishing your ticket, your 50th birthday ticket stuff. Put it next to the uh, Connie Mack statue that they now have at Citizens Bank Ballpark to honor the legacy of the Philadelphia A's. So have a Connie Mack, and then and then I'm standing right next to him. Uh, Michael X Ferraro, uh, who contributed to Bard Ball, amongst everything else, tell people where they can follow you. They can follow me for now on the social on, on that one Twitter at, at Ferraro Vision. Um, also on Instagram, and uh, but yeah, I would I would suggest people go to Bard Ball. As I said, I don't run it, but uh, there's a lot of great topical and cool uh, baseball poetry reviving the art of baseball doggerel. And uh, here here's a book that I wrote, Sully. Can I show it? Mm -hmm. It's called yeah. Taste and Amused. It's uh, that's the poetic recap of the 2010 Major League Baseball season, because I don't know if you remember, but that's when we had a fan run out on the field and he literally got tased. Uh, this I'm, I'm going to work on a poem this week. There was a, a guy, a Philly fan that went up, uh, you know, you know, we climb the, the light poles in, in Center City when we win the Super Bowl, the World yeah. Series. And sure. uh, the, this drunken fellow, I just read the tale of him. He, he went up and. Uh, people were throwing beers up at him to him and he drank seven beers before he uh, was lured down by the police and a fire ladder. So I'm going to try and uh, memorialize him in poem. Is that, that glamorizing name, that action? And that man's name was Michael X Ferraro. So, and uh, by the way, thanks so, so much for making locked on MLB your first listen today for your second listen today. Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with local experts and insight that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Talking Phillies now with a Philly fanatic hat. Where what were you up to? Four or five hats in this one? Uh, we're up to five. We're up to five. Five, five hats. Yep. Is that yeah. one for every pennant? <laughs> right, hey, see, I like that. On this one, I, I didn't get to show you. Uh, let's see, if, how does the camera? Which tree do I go to? That, that, see, see the sharpie there, Sully? Yeah, that's autographed by Buck Henry because a, a producer pal of mine, Badana Hay Smith, did the stand up to cancer ads with Major League Baseball. She right. needed a Phillies hat. She asked me if I had one. I believe Buck Henry wore this. Uh, and then he signed it and sent it back to me. Here I was trying to wrap up the show, and you drop a Buck Henry sighting on us. By the way, Buck Henry was a brilliant comedic performer, writer, director. He co-wrote The Graduate. He directed Heaven Can Wait. And believe me, you've seen him if you know him. But do you know what? This is not locked on Buck Henry. This is locked on MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.